Welcome back to Face to Face Time. Uh, my name is John Ryan. I'm your host, and today I have a guest. His name is Wee Sam Kish, and he's a he's he's a real artist guy actor. I mean, it sounds I don't know why I just trivialize it. He's he's an actor. Uh, you might know him from the show Awkward, or uh, or The Good Girl. He's got um, he's got a, a sh- uh, you know he's got some shit coming out soon. Um, and, uh, we're going to talk about it, um, in the episode a little bit. We talk a lot about his craft. We talk a lot about his, uh, you know, commitment to it all, which is much more than I've heard from a lot of people. It's cool. What he is to me from our conversation, he, he thinks about acting how an actor should think about acting. And it's, it's really weird, like coming from LA and, to 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 come across a smaller percentage of people than I'd like to admit that are like him because he's he's a real actor. He's a real he's a real committed artist. So, anyway, uh before we get into the interview, uh if you can subscribe on YouTube, that'd be cool. If you're watching it already and you're not subscribed, just just click it. It's right there. It's that red button. Boom. Uh and then uh I'm on Instagram, face to FaceTime and uh TikTok uh face number two facetime and uh that's it man let's get into this interview yo yo what's up man how are you cheers cheers man what is that that's your sponsor isn't it jocko discipline go no, I wish he was our sponsor. It's a great drink. It's all natural energy. What is what is it? It's like an all natural energy drink. It's like cherry vanilla, no artificial colors, sweeteners, or flavors. I love it. Oh, it's just like sparkling flavored water with ginseng or something. Yeah, they have like uh, there's caffeine, alpha GPC, theobromine. It's all like nootrop nootropics. I think it's called. Yeah. Oh, nootropics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, this is uh, White Claw. It's got water, alcohol, and that's all that really matters. <laughs> Cheers, dude. <laughs> Cheers, man. Mm. Oh, man. Dude, it's kind of a – I don't know. How, how is it for your show when you're setting up? Is there a lot of setup for your show, or do you have like a, people that do it, and then you just sit down, and you're like, all right, ready to go? In the beginning, there was a lot of finding out how the gears turn. You know what I mean? Yeah. What needs to be done, how this mic needs to be set up, how this camera needs to be set up. I am the type of person who I'm like, okay, I need to know how everything works and then get somebody else to do it all. And so I, uh, yeah. I've, yeah. I've got a producer who handles the setup. And so we've gotten in the flow of things and it's pretty simple now. Yeah. I mean, it's normally pretty simple. There's an easy checklist for me, but there was like, I forgot I went and shot some other shit. I had uh, because I've been doing in-person interviews, so to switch that setup is like much different in subtleties. So all those things, and then there's like you know, uh, um, the shirt. You know, there's there's so much shit. Basically, I'm at the point though where I know how it all goes. I just need someone else to do it, so I don't (laughs) drive myself fucking crazy before an interview. Yeah. But, um. Well, how's your day going, dude? What's uh, what's happening in, in uh, We Sam world? I, I pulled my fucking hamstring two days ago, and so that's not fun, dude. 
You're the second person that's told me about pulling hamstrings. I think it's a weather thing. Yeah, I didn't warm up. I was an idiot. I was running sprints with my buddies, and I'm like, oh, I feel good. I'm 33. I can still move like I'm 20. No. It, uh-huh. And it popped in the last sprint, and I heard it pop, and I was like, oh, this isn't good. Yeah, I uh, I woke up today. I've been jogging a lot lately. Lately, My knees – I'll just wake up. When I start jogging again any time in my life, my knees just fucking – I don't know what happens, but I wake up, and it, it just I can't walk that well anymore. Oh, dude, uh, this is this is the thing that saved my life. And since COVID and everything's locked down, I've kind of screwed myself. I was doing yoga and hot yoga on a very consistent mm-hmm. basis. I'd go almost like four times a week. And yeah. my knee pain, joint pain, all that stuff went away with it. Lower back pain because I was actually stretching my body, making sure everything was loose. And I haven't gone in months. I tried to do some stuff here on my own, but it's not consistent. Yeah, but was it the hot aspect or was it the yoga aspect? Both. Or both? Both. So I can't just do yoga or I can't just be hot? No, do yoga. Just make sure you do it consistently and make sure you sweat in it. You don't want to do those kind of classes where you're like – I mean those are nice where you're like, I feel good. Yeah, I did yeah. some uh, – yeah. no, you want to leave going, oh, man, I got a kind of a workout there. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> You convinced? I'll fucking do it, dude. Chill out. Do it. Oh my gosh. No, I'll do fucking you... do it, man. But that's great. You're jogging again. That's good. Yeah, well, I got all fat during the interview or during the uh, the interview, the uh, <laughs> the pot, the pandemic. I'm all fucked up right now, dude. Do you do you live uh, alone or with roommates? I live alone. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Why do you ask? Well, it's kind of hard. I feel like because my brother moved out to LA four years ago. And mm-hmm. I was planning on like maybe living alone, but since he's, since he was moving out, I'm like, no, let's get a place to ourselves. And it's so much easier. Like if he's like, Hey, you want to come work out or you want to do this quick ab workout with me? Or you want to do this? Oh, yeah, yeah. You have somebody to go with. And so we kind of keep each other in check with the working out stuff. And so I can only imagine how much more difficult it's going to be once we live separately. Well, I mean, I got friends that live really close to me. Oh, that's good. So yeah. I mean, we live on like the same block, all three of us. Oh, that's nice. You guys are close? So, yeah, yeah. Dude, so it's the craziest thing. I've talked about it before on the podcast, but real quick, it's uh, I, I was I was out here alone. Like I had made the leap to just come to New York because I really wanted to. Came alone. Had this job offer. It was great. And then uh, pandemic alone completely. No one is – you know what I mean? Like everyone stuck to their like own circles, wow. whatever. And then I was it was just me and my dog. So I was like, I don't know what to do. So months in, meaning back in September – uh, my friends are decided to come here and visit for 10 days. So they're visiting for 10 days. And then the second day, they're both like, we're moving here. This is so cool. They had never been here before. They're like, this is so fucking rad. I can't believe I've never been here before. We're moving. Wow. So they, they moved here. They're, one of them got a place across the street and the other one's looking for another place like right next to both of us too. So we've been hanging out a lot the last two months, the last a month or so. Um, but yeah, we've we've worked out together. Uh, we keep each other each other in check, each, each other in check. You know, when it comes to, I mean, the biggest thing for me is drinking. Like, <laughs> you know, like that's my biggest thing. Man, working out is that's an easy decision to make and do. Yeah, you know, I don't know how it's you do the, it. Uh, I don't know how you do it because I only drink during my guys' nights episodes on the podcast. And uh-huh. I'll have two beers and I'm 
I'm more than more than okay. Oh, oh really? yeah, I'm such a lightweight. And the next day, mm-hmm. I'm all like, oh my gosh, I don't feel great. So I'm almost envious people can drink like almost every weekend. <laughs> it's the sprints. It's the sprints. You got to stop the sprints, and you can up your alcohol tolerance. <laughs> stop sprinting. Start drinking more. You don't need to do. What do you need to sprint like that for? We've evolved enough so you can go to the store and buy a chicken. Uh, I know, but you it, know, it feels so good afterwards, though. Like my morning stop runs. Stop running. Start drinking. Oh no, man. morning runs are the best, man. You know, yoga, uh, specifically like meditation and pre-dawn runs and extreme physical exercise for at the time what was extreme for me really helped with my anxiety. And so I noticed whenever I yeah. don't stay consistent, my anxiety levels shoot up through the roof. I'm not as sharp as I want to be mentally. Mm-mm. And little things yeah. bug me when they shouldn't bug me. And I, What does your anxiety feel like? My anxiety feels like I am not in control of myself. Because I know mm-hmm. logically that's the only thing I have control over is myself and my emotions and my mm-hmm. thoughts. And so when I don't stay consistent and discipline myself with those kind of exercises that are difficult to do, I start mm-hmm. uh, being lackadaisical in other aspects of my life. And I hate that feeling. Lackadaisical? Yeah. Did I say it wrong? I, saw, I said it wrong, didn't I? Lackadaisical. No, no. I, I've never heard that before. Oh, really? What, is that? what does that mean? Like, yeah. uh, like uh, carefree, lazy, like, oh, that's not important. I'll do it tomorrow kind of stuff. Alexa, shut the fuck up. <laughs> that word had that word in it. Wow. Oh, I got I got a girlfriend now, mm-hmm. and she's much smarter than I am, and so she'll always throw out words like that. So I've gotten used to just being like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa. just just tell me what that means." Like I don't care how dumb I look right now, just tell me what that means. Oh, that's you know, that's great. You I, do that though. Yeah, because what what am I gonna do? Like pretend I know what whatever that laxative word you just said was, and be like, yeah, and then try to like I I'd rather learn, you know, uh. I spent enough time in high school pretending I knew what everyone was talking about. <laughs> I love that a lot. You know? I actually respect that a lot. And this is actually one of the, the for everybody li- or watching or listening to this, this is the first time we've actually had an extended conversation together. And I love these kind of yeah. conversations with people I've never met before in person and we're, we're talking for yeah. the first time and getting to know a stranger like this is the best way mm-hmm. possible in a podcast long form. Yeah, totally. I mean, like you were saying too, when we were corresponding we'll say on instagram you were like i hate doing facetime but but i'll do it i mean i i would want to do in person too it's just everyone i know my entire like network of people is is uh, back in la so my brain just made this up and i was like well i guess i could do this this is the best i got i love it i love it and you're, you're yeah. a director right yeah 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 so i i mean right now i'm gonna bleep about the name of the company that i work at but i work at do you know about it? Oh, yeah. So I'm the senior director editor of the content there. Okay. And so we've been making a lot of a lot of shit. And it's just that we we don't have like a, a tab right now right. for for content. So but the reason why is because we're making it. Right. We're we have to we have to make a bunch of shit first and then create the tab and then it'll go in there. So I've been directing a lot of shit, ending a lot of shit for them for the last uh, year or so. That was why I came out here. Yeah. They do a lot of porn, right? And then, no. <laughs> yeah, a lot of porn, a bunch of porn. <laughs> Everybody listens like, he works for a porn company? Wait, I have a question. Yeah. If you were to do porn, what kind of porn would you do? Oh, uh, 
That's a that's a great question. I probably want to direct. No, come on, you can't cop out. No, like, I'm being, direct I'm like being, a POV. I'm being dead serious. I'd rather I'd rather direct. I'd want like really in like really detailed storylines into it, like passionate storylines. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I would like so you and like yeah, yeah. This is gonna sound very personal. The the way Japanese certain Japanese uh-huh. like storyline pornographic films are done are very like Japanese like not like oh. your typical Japanese like porn you can like look up I'm talking about like yeah. de- like the, it, it's almost like there's this really intricate storyline to it and yeah. the actors don't acknowledge the camera at all like they just they're like really good actors I'm like oh shit like, so probably that oh no shit is there a name of it that I can search uh, honestly, I don't know. Like, it would just be Japanese story. No, I'm being serious. I'm, yeah. Like, there's no point yeah, in denying Japanese that I watched this. I've already said I've watched it before. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really don't know. I think if you just search like Japanese storyline porn, it'll something will come up. Japanese storyline porn. Yeah. Is this a common question? I think you've asked somebody this before, right? I have not asked anyone that before. Okay. You were the first. Oh wow. Okay. Oh, what, what am I thinking yeah. of? I'm thinking of the video where somebody would convincing you to have sex with tom cruise oh yeah i mean i talk about a lot of stuff like that <laughs> uh but no <laughs> pretty much every episode i talk about like how different ways i would want to have sex with tom cruise mm. but uh you know and how i think it you know will probably happen one day but manifest <laughs> no and then the other one that i was talking about was about foot porn oh okay which, by the way, do you do you post videos on TikTok of your of your uh, podcast? Yeah, we have our separate. Um, uh, I have my own account on TikTok, but I never post anything on there. But we have a podcast right. account, TikTok. Yeah, it's bumming me out because you know the entire stigma with TikTok is like it sucks. It's for kids, whatever. But I just started using it a week ago for this podcast. Jesus fucking Christ, the results are very fast. <laughs> That's great. People, like. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy. They just like really got it together and took the best parts of what Instagram could have been and and did it so that everything was discoverable now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, off air, I'll tell you some tips that we learned from a fellow friend who has like millions of followers on there. Um, they told us – their mom told us actually some stuff that would help us out. So I'll definitely share that info with you. Um, with like the algorithms and stuff like, yeah, my social media producer handles, she handles all those postings and all the edits for our videos, because this is a complaint that not only I've had, my brother's had other artists, actors, directors, especially actors in our industry. They're like, I don't want to get on Instagram. I like, or I I don't want to get on TikTok. I just want to do my music and, or do my work and want people to feel that way. And I've struggled with this for a while. And mm-hmm. it fe- it felt in the beginning like, oh man, I'm selling out. I'm posting on TikTok. I'm posting on Instagram. Yeah. Like I gotta yeah. post selfies on Instagram. I hate posting pictures of myself on Instagram. I'd rather post sunrise photos because I think that's infinitely more beautiful. I really do. I don't understand mm-hmm. when my sunrise photos get like a hundred likes or whatever, and then a selfie of me doing something stupid is like a thousand likes. It's like what what. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because they're not following sunset.jpg. They're following WeSam. That's a great point. And that's you that's know? what I had to understand. Like, okay, this is the game. This is the system in place. I've either got to play with it, work it to my advantage for my career, 
or else it's not I'm not going to help myself with my career. Yeah. <clears throat> you know uh uh Fahim Anwar, comedian. Yeah, so he was, you know, he I asked him the same question about uh TikTok because you know, obviously he's great stand up. He he said, you know, that like as a creator, as a as a um a talent or whatever, you're 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 leaving money on the table if you just don't if you're not on the bleeding edge of like the the new shit or whatever. And now now TikTok's not super new, but you know what I mean? Like you know, and I just witnessed that recently, just signing up uh, for it. I mean, I, I started at the beginning of the pandemic and I was like, well, maybe this will be my project. I'll just, you know, I did Vine when Vine was big and I was like, okay, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll do another Vine thing in my life in my fucking thirties. This will be weird. <laughs> and then it was, <laughs> and then, then, but then what, this, this is what happened though. I, I caught onto it really quick and I was like, all right, this is how it works. Mm-hmm. I can, I can I can put the energy and effort into this and yeah. I, not that I'll be like extremely famous or anything, but I can like get the numbers up there. I, f- I felt that pretty quickly and I was like, all right, I don't want to do that though. I want to make, I want to make art. I want to make shorts at least during the pandemic. So I ended up making this. Um, but, uh, but, it, but I saw the system and I was like, all right, I get it. I get it. You do shit. You try to put a punchline in there. You write little sketches and then you, you put it, but as a business thing, very different and people don't catch on when it's something that's like you know knock on wood i guess but people don't really catch on when they're watching something that is like a like like this like a podcast or something you know yeah they don't see that like oh they're advertising their podcast they just see like oh this is funny it's like such a trojan horse for a show right and that's here's another fear that i had in the beginning of it branding which for most people to be like, like what? Why would you be afraid of that? I look at those TikTok famous like Instagrammers, you know, who who would do those sketches that are just not yeah funny, you know, they're disgusting. Yeah, they're what? I mean, I think they're disgusting. Oh, oh, disgusting. Sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Yeah, disgusting. Yeah. Um, I just think it's not funny. It's over the top acting. Like I can see the joke happening from a mile away. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to be another person doing jokes like that on Instagram. I don't want somebody to yeah. come to my side. I was like, oh, look at this guy. He's doing like what they're doing. That to me is so soul crushing. It makes me oh, yeah. like sad. Uh, at times when I was talking about it with my management team, they're were, they were like, are, are you okay? You look like you're going to cry. And I'm like, uh, I'm just frustrated because I don't want to do any of this. I mm-hmm. want to be me. There's more to me than just posting selfies or posting a funny video so i've been slowly cultivating and finding my own voice and branding that is true to me because i'm not just a guy who does funny bits or a funny joke or a silly video on the internet i love talking about deep stuff too you know i love like connecting with people and i love doing legit acting projects acting is my passion it's my craft Mm -hmm. it's what i respect a lot and so there's like these different aspects and facets to me. So the idea of being labeled as like a Logan Paul, like as successful as he is, I do not want to be that guy. Yeah. 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 Because you're, I mean, <laughs> you know, if you could be successful for like taking shits or something like that, do you want to be successful for that? Or do you want to take five more years and hone in on something and be respected for something that you fucking honed in on? You know, it's, you know what it is? Oh, dude, this is the shit. Okay, I, I, when's the last time you watched Jurassic Park? Oh, recently, probably within the quarantine. Yeah. 
So, so Jeff Goldblum's character says this really, really beautiful thing, like made me tear up because it's sort of what's happening with social media and people that blow up overnight is that he was telling the, the, the Jurassic Park dude, the white hair and all that stuff. He was saying, this is the reason why this isn't going to work. Jurassic Park is because you took ideas that other people took years to come up with and, and prove, and you just put them all together and made this thing. You didn't, you didn't earn this knowledge. Someone else did all of this. You weren't out there finding the mosquito. You didn't earn any of it. It took zero discipline for you to do this. Therefore, you're going to disrespect it just inherently. So same thing with someone that gets any sort of success overnight is it's it's not if it's not earned, if there's no discipline behind how you got there, you're not going to treat it as if you earned it. You're going to treat it as if you want it. You know, a thousand percent. Let me and I'll give you a real life example of that. And you probably already you might have already came across this on, on the East Coast. So right when uh, Vine kind of uh, crat or like crashed and then everybody was going to Instagram, all those people mm-hmm. who were doing funny Vine videos that had millions of followers and then they went to Instagram and they were blowing up the breakdowns and casting. And my act, <laughs> me and my actor buddies were like, what the fuck is this? The breakdown started saying, how many social media followers do you have? Mm-hmm. And we need a social media star for this role. And we're like, what the fuck? These guys are now taking our acting jobs. What? They're not actors. They're doing. They're doing over the top acting bits. But and but so are they? They? Tri- they tried them. They tried them, dude. And every single film or movie that they did, for the majority, for the most mm-hmm. part, mm-hmm. didn't do well because they're not actors. And it's yeah. not. It's not. No. No bashing to them. I can't. I'm. I, I'm not doing what they do. But they haven't taken those years of studying acting. Like you're gonna compare, like I don't know, one of those guys to Christian Bale or Tom mm-hmm. Hardy, mm-hmm. or some other actor that we don't know their name, but they studied like eight years in a conservatory, or they went yeah. and toured with Shakespeare in the park. Like there, mm-hmm. there's no way, dude. There's no way. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So it's it's <clears throat> it's back to what you said. When you've actually earned it, you've cultivated it, you've worked hard at it, you 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 failed at it, and you you learned why you failed at it. That's when you can build a long term career in it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, it's a really good lesson to have learned from a distance to be like, all right, I see what they did here, but okay. So one thing I was going to say though, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you follow skateboarding at all, but do you know, uh, this skater, Jerry Sue, he's, uh, no. I think he's like Filipino or something, but he, um, he's a photographer, but what he, what he did with his internet persona was just post interesting shit on his skate trips. And it like it blew up not not only because of him but because his photos are just fucking interesting that's it oh. they're just interesting and that's all you look for in a wow. in a in a photo is interesting is this interesting or not um and uh it's i was just going back to saying that you know it doesn't have to be hey guys how's it going you know i ate fucking kale today the fuck you know it can it can be whatever you want it to be, and it's kind of cool that you found what what you I can t- I can dig doing or tolerate doing, you know. Um, also, dude, uh, your podcast is is fun. Oh, your podcast oh, is fun, but but I I hadn't no I didn't know who you were when you hit me up, right? Yeah. And so uh, I mean we didn't know who each other were. You found me yeah. from uh, Mike Lenochi's interview, right? Yeah, convicted felon Mike Lenochi. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and uh, so 
so yeah, I, I, but you know, I had to, I knew I was going to interview. I wanted to, I wanted to see what you're about. You're a fucking real actor, dude. Oh, I thank didn't you. know. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't know. I thought that you had done, cause you were talking about, uh, Adobe radio and your show that you have on there. Uh, but, but it's confusing because Adobe is live yeah, like in some so- shows. Right, so just to, I guess we're pull the veil. It doesn't really matter. We record our show on Saturday because that's the best time for me to record, like usually on the weekends. But the actual show airs live, in quotation marks, on Adobe Radio on Thursdays. And then the full episode, usually because our shows last more than an hour, is available the next morning, Friday morning, on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So you get like the first hour of the show on Adobe Radio on Thursdays. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, because I was I was trying to figure it out because my friend does a show too, but I thought his was going to be recorded and it's live. I don't know. It gets kind of weird because you don't know. <laughs> you know, everyone's doing podcasts and normally you record them. Sometimes you bake them. I mean, the one coming out the week after we're recording this is uh, I recorded uh, like two weeks ago, and it's Thanks. not that like any of the information is necessarily dated. It's just. I got to get them out, you know. Actually, I might I might just do this one because this is more current. So let's talk about the election. All right. <laughs> what were the streets like out in L.A.? Where in, where in L.A. are you? Uh, I'm in NoHo. Oh, rad. Okay, how was NoHo? It's chill, man. Mm. Everywhere is chill. No, I mean like in the election. Like when, when Biden won. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, when Biden won. Yeah, yeah, there was some cheering. That's for sure. Dude. There was definitely cheering out in the streets, like like you can hear it from my windows and and across the the country, uh, country. Uh, well, yeah, across the country, but uh, across the city too. But I stayed in, I stayed in, man. I, I don't like to, uh, yeah, I stay in a lot when stuff like you, that you, happens. Uh, what? Why? I, I celebrate internally. You don't. You're not. I mean, I get that too because there's. It's very rare that anything will make me go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, this feels weird already doing it. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. my whole thing behind uh, sports is that people that do that, uh, I really got to give a fuck about the whatever this thing is, or it has to directly, like I didn't, I don't know. I I can't even think of an example that would make me do something like that. So I can, know what can, you're saying. Can, can I? I'll I'll. This is super deep, and I don't think I've talked. I've, I haven't talked about it in a while. This is why. I, I celebrate internally for a lot of things. Have you heard mm. of Hermes Tresmagoras? No. Okay. This is, I already He's, like where this is going, though. Cool. He is um, an ancient pre-Egyptian philosopher. And okay. he's responsible for a lot of hermetic uh, knowledge and like the, the hermetic principles on life. Um, and his teachings influence like Tesla uh, and... Uh, a lot of other philosophers for decades and centuries to come. Anyway, he talks about your emotions being on a pendulum, you know? And so mm-hmm. when a lot of times if you're run by your emotions, if something bad happens, you know, you swing to one end and you're like sad and you're crying, you know, you're all distressed. And then if something good happens, you're like, whoa, whoa, you're going crazy happy. And so mm-hmm. he talks about how it's really important to kind of keep that pendulum in the middle. So you're not too um emotionally driven by outside circumstances and then a lot of other philosophers that mm-hmm, talk about mm-hmm. the same thing in the future and so when i read that at first i was like well you should be super excited and super happy when good things happen to you 
And then I, as I grew older, I realized, oh no, man, like things are constantly changing. You know, something bad will happen. Don't worry. It'll eventually, you know, it eventually go away and then something good will happen and it'll bring you back. So kind of staying in that middle ground keeps me at peace and keeps me focused in on the things that are really important. And so if you do see me, like, this is how I celebrate for things I get excited about. I'm like, that's good. All right. Because with nice the Biden it. win, I was like, okay, great. I'm happy. We got somebody who can actually form a sentence properly and actually cares mm -hmm. about human rights. Now there's a lot of work to do. So mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to the work that needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's weird because I, 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 as much as I agree with that on paper where I want to just internalize it, I'm, I, my pendulum swings from introvert to extrovert, mm. you know, every other day, every other few days, every other week, sometimes I don't feel like doing anything for a while, but for the most part, when it swings back, it swings back hard. And I go, oh, I'm fucking doing, I'm doing, I'm doing shit now. I'm going to go yeah. out and do shit. So uh, I, I'll very often be, um, you know, introverted in a very like off-putting way to my friends, my family. They're like, you're, you're being weird. And I'm like, nah, this is just what I feel like doing right now. But then there's yep. times when I'm like going off the fucking rails. It's the same thing as like going on a bender. If you think about like drinking a bunch and being then oh, being okay. hung over, you know? So I, I, my personality is very like, if we're doing it, we're fucking doing it, baby. And then yeah. when I'm sad, I'm fucking sad, baby. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I don't mind. I, I don't mind doing those. But I will say you're right. When you get older, uh, I am I am my where it used to be these two extremes, it the margin has been brought in on how little how much I'll let it swing the other ways. You know? Yeah. Um but but it's I still do like touching this wall and then touching that wall, you know. I don't really it's uh it's 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 scary to think about to to me it's scary to think about just being completely consistent all the time because i wonder uh if if you think about the natural uh like even a beating heart goes up and down i mean to me that's life up and down up and down up and ah, down see i respectfully disagree to a certain extent with that yes mm -hmm. life is up and down up and down this, depending on the perspective you're viewing your life from and that's something we all have a choice on mm -hmm. i truly believe and maybe the opportunity to widen that perspective for your life changes with from person to person depending on circumstances etc but perspective is super important in the way you channel all the information that comes at you mm -hmm. um i know that i've had a very unique life i've been very blessed in the sense that i was born in syria family came to new york my mom and dad my brothers were mm -hmm. born here we moved to oklahoma we moved then i moved to la and we the rest of my extended family most of them's in syria and you know the war has taken a toll on us personally we've lost family members we've lost family members to covid now too so mm -hmm. What I find, what, and then everything else that's happened in my life. So I didn't get to just live in one small town, or I didn't move from one city to the next, or I didn't move from one side of the country to the next. I've gotten to experience a whole gambit of lives and, and, and experiences from my family members and from myself. So um, 
that's why I know that like, okay, I think I have a better gauge as to than than most and I'm and I'm thankful for that as to those things that will I'm I'm more careful I should say for the things that will take me to the extreme of one emotion to the next. Now, mm, I will say I this. If somebody doesn't have that like like I don't know what life you've lived. I'm not going to say, "Oh, you need to like me. You need to not be so um emotionally expressive." I'm not going to say that either because I know yeah. this person has lived a certain life that's different from mine and I'm not going to force Tell them like, oh, you got to be non-expressive. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. But it's weird because watching your podcast, you'll you'll get up and dance. You'll get pissed <laughs> off. You know what I mean? You'll get really deep. Like you have all these different you 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 sort of span the spectrum of emotion on your on your podcast. And I, I think that's more so what I've even talking about is just like in a single setting. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're like, you know, parachuting out of an airplane one day and then, you know, uh, mm. watching movies for one week straight. Like I'm not really, uh, but I think I think we're on the same page about this. But the page is like, you know, the it's we're on the same we're on the adjacent pages. I think. Yep. When it comes to this, because I I mean I'll sort of jump around. I like, I don't like. Uh, it's hard to do one thing. I used to work at nightclubs in L.A. You're th- you said you're 33. Yeah. I'm 33. How long have you been in L.A.? 11 years now. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we had to have crossed paths. I used to work at nightclubs. If you did, you ever get into that scene? That was the first, maybe maybe a year or two into LA, and then I kind of stopped. I couldn't do it. I was like, that I was that was probably it. when I was working at nightclubs. Okay. Um, that was like 2000. I worked at nightclubs from like 2007 to 10, probably. Okay, probably the first there. year because I moved here in 09. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. I. I. I just was seeing that the people who were like, quote unquote, successful in what, you know, the same, uh, I guess, industry or whatever that was, uh, as me, the same circles as me, I yeah. I saw that and I was like, I don't, I don't want that. What the fuck is that? That's not a person. That's not, that doesn't seem good. So I stopped, I just quit. Yeah. And, uh, and um, but that, that was, that's what I saw. It was just someone just always at 10. I mean, I don't have that personality. I know some people mm. do. There's some yeah. people that just cannot fucking stop like working and and they'll they'll party. I mean, like you know, I was watching that Comedy Store documentary, and they were talking about uh, Sam Kinison, and he was just like would not stop partying. He was just one of those people, you know. And it's uh, sad. It's definitely it's super sad, man. And like, uh, you know, a lot of people I know were are are sober now. Um, I'm not, but I, I haven't really had any issues. So, you know what I mean? Like enough, not enough issues, not, well, no issues really, but no issues to be like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta tighten this up. Um, my tightening up is just my pendulum swinging the other way and going, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to just be sober for like two months on my own. Like what? I don't know. Yeah. I think it's important to remember like for little things, you know, like if your car gets hit by another person, yeah, you're going to be a little upset. You know what I mean? But finding that middle ground of like, okay, I'm pissed off. I got to do this. I got to do that. I'm just going to make a checklist and go through it. I'm going to be annoyed. And that's going to be a thing. I don't think that's necessarily, I don't view that as the pendulum swinging too fast, you know, too high up. Yeah. Um, what I think is important to apply th- that principle or that technique in life mm-hmm. is when major things happen. For instance, oh. my dad oh. broke his spine two and a half years ago and oh, I got the shit. phone call 
FaceTime with him in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. Because if he's FaceTiming me from the hospital, something's really wrong. And immediately in my head, he, I was like, oh, you gotta, you're the oldest son. Uh, you have two younger brothers. Your mom, your dad's in trouble now. What are you going to do? So um, he told me, like, I'm going in for surgery tonight uh, or tomorrow morning. I broke my spine. It's pretty serious. And so my brother, you know, he was emotionally hit by it. And I don't blame him. You know, he started crying and I told him, hey, it's going to be okay. We're going to take it one step at a time. Uh, I'm going to get on a plane right now. And then I'll, we'll, uh, you stay here, hold down the fort. And if you need to come, you'll come. And he's like, okay, cool. And we took it step by step by step because that was the only thing to do. And um, he's fine. He learned how to walk again and everything. But mm -hmm. that initial reaction, I know I couldn't be off the wall for it. Otherwise, it wouldn't give strength to my dad or my mom, oh, more importantly. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. You know, th that's a really good point. I actually become much more subdued when things are like what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. When that happens, I'm not hysterical. There's no way because you have to curve it somehow, right? You can't. Yeah. You can't go with it or else it wins kind of. I yeah. Think. You know, you got to go. Okay. There's no way if I freak out right now, I will not make the right decision. So let me take a deep breath. Okay, I th okay. Now I'm now I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what you did. Yeah. You just did a deep breath and you got all right. What do we do? How do we fix yeah. this shit? And how do we not freak out? Be you ever see those videos of like people uh, getting in fights and there's just someone in the background? Ah! <laughs> ah! Ah! I'm always yeah. like. I'm always yelling at the video. Shut the fuck up. What is, it doesn't matter. What you're yelling is not going to do anything for what's happening there. Shut the fuck up and get in and help or call someone and make sense when you call someone to help or whatever, you know? Yeah. But, but that's, that always has been like such a weird expression to me when someone's just, ah, uh, but, uh, anyway, yeah, I'm glad imagine, that. Could you imagine that? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but could you imagine that person actually, dealing with a real problem like <laughs> oh, oh we, your package is going to be one day late ma'am ah, ah. we don't have eggs this morning sorry you can't do your breakfast ah. yeah yeah, yeah um so uh so what's going on with uh i saw that you had a movie coming out or a movie that you're working on that that you already did it's on your imdb and yeah, it says it's coming out this year oh a movie oh, yeah shit. uh <laughs> oh shit do i have a movie coming out I, I yeah that's my question are you talking about echo oh yes echo oh that's a tv show for nbc oh okay so well, what i was getting at is so, is there anything you're filming right now like in covid times nah man no, yeah. nothing. No, we were two days into shooting that pilot, and then they called us back from Jersey, and mm. they're like, "Yeah, you guys need to, <laughs> you guys need to get on a plane and go back to LA." <laughs> we're like, "What?" Because oh, right, right before the uh, lockdown. Do you do any personal projects like outside of uh, uh, trying to get into your long list of uh, uh, acting credits? Yeah, actually, me and my buddy, we wrote a pilot, and it's out to a few production companies right now, and it's going to be uh, hopefully. Yeah, so that's in the works right now. That's all I can say right now. So, yeah. 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 And, and <laughs> I'm really project. happy too because, you know, when people are like, 
oh, I wrote a pilot, you know what I mean? And you're like, oh, where is it? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's never like completed or you read it and you're like, eh. no, we were really proud. Like we worked about a couple months on it pretty yeah. dilig- diligently. And but, then, uh, yeah. It is, it is definitely sad that there does exist this graveyard of script, like our pilot purgatory that's out there <laughs> where everyone wrote and sold it and then it just never got made. You know, and, and that's which one sucks level. because there's, and that's what's that? Oh, I was, I'm sorry to interrupt. I was just gonna say that's one level. The pilot, the pilots that got even read and then sold, and then nothing happens with them. That's like one level of the purgatory. Oh yeah. Okay. What are the other ones? Oh, like nobody reads your pilot, and that's all, like all the way on the bottom. Oh yeah. They read it and nobody likes it, and then you have to change mm-hmm. it, and it becomes something else, and so that's an, its own level. And then yeah, I guess well, only like I mean, there's also the ones that. Uh, like go into production, get shot, and then they're they're like, we can't air this. This isn't yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you had uh have you had any crazy letdowns in the in the Hollywood industry? Yeah, my uh, my first uh, network pilot I booked. It was yeah. shot by the creators of uh, Bones. Do you remember that show? I do. Yeah, they were great guys and. I was excited about the script and the lead actor in it uh, was very nice. Everybody, the whole cast was great. And then it looked like a for sure thing. And, you know, be, me being naive, not really understanding the business yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was like five years ago, I think. And yeah, man, it didn't go through. And I remember that was the one time me being out in LA, I actually considered quitting because I was sick of it. Fuck. I was, I was sick of having to go to the initial audition, then getting uh, a callback, then a producer session, and then the testing, and then getting uh, called back in the testing because my contract wasn't done, and then waiting for all that, and then hoping I don't get recast from the table read, and then shooting the actual project, and then I'm like, here we go! Oh, Uh, no, back to one. Fuck! Dude, I don't know how you do it. You, 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 like, actors are so fucking strong or patient or crazy. I don't. I have no idea what it is necessarily, but it's insane how it's almost like you don't really, you don't really know you have the job till you're watching yourself on TV. You know what I mean? Because you could have even been cut out of the shit. Yeah. You oh know? yeah, <laughs> dude, that's insane. I'll tell you this: if I really knew how difficult this industry was when I first started. I don't know if I would have continued like in, in, before college and stuff like that or in college. Really? Yeah, but because you, nobody tells you. But you have, uh, we'll say, like a level of uh, fame where people could recognize you somewhere. Or, I mean, just even, uh, you know, walking walking red carpets feels famous. You know, being in a show feels famous. Being on TV, movies feel famous. Does that offset it at all for you, or does that just like who gives a fuck? This is it is so hard to do. The fame feeling you're talking about, yeah, is not anything anybody with a good sense of awareness uh, expects. And I will explain it. Yeah, yeah. My first red carpet I went to was probably like ten feet long. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is it? This is the red carpet for this film festival? Oh, this is a red <laughs> yeah. carpet. Oh. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. And, like, my manager at the time was like, 
okay, I'm just going to call your name and you're going to take pictures. I didn't know what to do. So I was like, yeah. oh, okay, this is me walking the red carpet. Like, and they're yeah. calling my name and I get pushed off and another actor comes. And I remember looking back and going, oh, that was a, that, that was mm-hmm. different. Okay. And, and then, then you, you see know, the I, pictures and you look like star. And... Yeah. And I'm like, what, the, what the hell? Like, this is so fake. And then it, it, it those carpets get bigger <laughs> and bigger. And I was lucky enough uh. to go to, uh, the, the, I was hosting one for the Oscars, uh, this like a uh, Oscar pre-show thing. I was just one of the guys talking with people in the audience, and uh-huh. I saw the red carpet there. And even that one, when I walked it, I was like, "This is really fake. This is not. I really oh. don't care about this. Like, I don't. I'm and glad that's like I the don't top care about red this. carpet. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, this is not. This doesn't resonate in me, and I don't want to be on this. I actually just want to do amazing work, take care of my mom and dad." financially in a positive way do work that entertains people makes people think like really really great projects and just be a decent human being to other human beings that's what i care about and so Mm -hmm. that fame aspect i could give two shits about i get excited if somebody recognizes me not because it feeds my ego but because oh shit this person loved my work and it made him happy that's what i get excited about like okay cool i'm glad like i'm glad you enjoyed it man that's awesome i hope to do another project you enjoy yeah, but that this what you're saying right here, this attitude that you have exactly right here is exactly why you're going to be like whatever the top that you're looking for, you, like A-list shit. You know what I mean? That's That oh, mentality so. is exactly what that is for. The people that think fame is great. By the way, fame is – I think I would never want to – I don't want to ever be famous. Like yeah. I would ever – like never. I would rather – be the guy behind the guy, you know, the guy that maybe, you know, my name, but you don't know who I am. Cause who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares right. who I am? You watch the thing I made and that's like, and I was, you know, actors or whatever, recognize them. Fame seems, seems fucking horrible. You're such a target, you know, yeah. for, for good things as well as bad things. Um, so fame just seems fucking horrible to me. Jim Carrey has a quote where he's like, I, I want to talk to anyone who thinks they want to be famous and uh, uh, have them get rich first and then see if they still want to get famous. Because yeah. no one wants to be fucking famous, man. Um, I mean, they think they do. They think yeah. they do. That this sucks. Is, this... Do you think Do you think it's like a, a, it's a pretty fucked up toxic thing that people just want to be famous to be famous now? Yeah, of course. Yeah. They don't understand they don't understand. They they literally think that oh this person I see is getting so much love and attention. Mm-hmm. I want love and attention. It's like, "Oh, you want love and attention in a different way in your soul, like in your soul yeah. in whatever different way that is." A fulfilled person doesn't want that. A mm-hmm. person with like real goals and aspirations, I believe doesn't really want to be famous unless you have a really skewed view on reality or you're nefarious in some sort of way. I, I mm-hmm. truly believe that. Yeah. Because I mean, it's like you see those guys, those um, rich princes in the Middle East, and I'm not being like racist or whatever. I, it's just I'm just picking a thing. Or you could pick them. Sound pretty uh, fucking racist, dude. I know. Classic Wee Sam. So racist. <laughs> That's the quote for this episode. <laughs> Classic racist cleat Wee Sam. <laughs> no, but they'll go gold plate their Mercedes a car a truly happy person wouldn't do that yeah yeah uh, that seems out of this world like i feel sorry for someone 
who feels the need to gold plate their car because they have so much money. They don't mm. know what to do with it. Oh, I got to gold plate my car to fill, to, to find some fulfillment. It's like, oh, cool. You just bought a $21 million boat too that you barely use. Good luck to you, man. Good luck to you. Do you understand? Like, I'm not asking everybody to be Mother Teresa because I'm far from perfect. I have so many things I need to work on. Mother but... Teresa actually does have a gold-plated Mercedes. Really? Yeah, I don't know if you saw that. It was on TMZ oh, yesterday. I... Oh, yesterday? Oh, wow. I did yeah, not yeah. see that. She has a gold-plated that... Mercedes, and she was walking. She was uh, driving it. Uh, she was ghost-riding it, actually. She was spirit-riding it. I feel like you're lying, but I, I you, you have good eyes, so I'm going to trust you, John. I got good eye. Well, no, okay. Some more racist things. All right. <laughs> you know, it, I don't get why people have to be assholes to each other. That's basically what, like part of the other branch I'm going off on right now. Yeah. It just amazes me when people are just complete assholes to other human beings. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. <clears throat> I mean, I think the problem is that people don't think they're being assholes to other people. You know, I mean, if we were to hone in on what an act and if everyone in the world were able to agree on what the word racist means, then Mm. we'd be able to figure because that's why that's why racist people don't think they're racist. That's why they even do racist stuff. Oh, shit. One of my lights died. You talk shit about Mother Teresa. That's why I'm going to change all those pictures he has behind him. That's uh, John Travolta. And one of the most uh, crazy films I've ever seen. I believe the love of his life at the end of that movie gets killed in a bathroom, if I'm not mistaken. She's doing a little bit of the cocaina. And uh, yeah, and then he has uh, his uh, band picture up there on the top left. That is uh, the band he used to play in. And um, some kind of artsy piece on the top right. You were, you were completely quiet the whole time, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Yep. Okay, cool. Good. I needed that whole section to be quiet. So it's really good that you didn't speak. Um, cool, cool, man. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. I got these lights that, uh, I guess I was using it. Oh, I was using it yesterday. Doesn't matter. Anyway, um, do you, have you seen like, uh, um, because, you know, whether you like it or not, you are in the game of fame. I just made that up, dude. A game of fame. T-shirt. Fame of Thrones, dude, made that up too. So, do because because you are, do you do you see a life where you hit a certain amount of fame that you're okay with and that you won't go past, or are you just I like I, I don't care? I, I don't think fame is going to be up to me, and that's mm. a byproduct. So, I'm not going to be like. I'm gonna stop making movies. <laughs> I'm gonna stop me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Weird. Weird question. Let me do it again. Let me do another question. Let me do it again. All right. All right. All right. Do you see so someone's career and also well career and like how they handle it? Mm-hmm. What's a, what's a what's a like a very what's a, what's a person's sort of like career that you're like that is how I would do it, like how they handle it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know why I like Mark Wahlberg. Because he wakes because up at two in the morning to work out. That is insane, even for me. I, that's that's crazy. <laughs> like, Dude. there's nothing to do at two a.m. Not even work out. Okay, bro, no. Mark, just just sleep a couple more hours. Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, he's been consistent. He's one of the most consistently successful people in this industry, and mm-hmm. his name 
you recognize his name and everything. He's famous, but he's always just under the radar. If you notice that he's never like in the headlines or in the, in the tabloids or anything like that. And if you look at the last 10 years, especially in the beginning, he was a lot. He was a controversial person, but that was only because he was a young asshole and he was just fucking with people. He's a bully, but he, he found God or Jesus or whatever he believes in and um turned it all around and since then you're right he hasn't been yeah so what's not to aspire to or uh, you know mm-hmm. be like oh cool there's definitely some positive aspects to that type of living or the way he lives his life and the way he helps other people mm-hmm. and so um i love a good redemption story too so that's one of the per- people i would say yeah i mean you're right that's he definitely does have like dude like that sniper movie he made or the fucking Actually, you're right. He does have this weirdly, you know. Can he I has go through like, it? I... What do you got? So his career. I'll just go on. Uh, what's it called? IMDb, real quick, since I haven't, or I'm on my uh, computer right now. Okay. Come on, come on, Weezan, pull it together. You're on the most popular podcast ever. The okay. most popular so, podcast. Um, yes. So. Uh, just talking about the actor stuff he's done and we'll go back to, let's say, uh, okay. Lovely bones, uh, Max Payne date night. The other guys, he was a producer EP and, uh, acted on entourage, uh, the fighter, uh, contraband, Ted broken, pain and gain, two guns, lone survivor. He was in one of the transformers films, the gambler. And we're only on Mm -hmm. 2015 here. So, just, well, actually, it's he's it's weird because what you just named all goes like super funny movie, super action movie, super funny movie. The fact that you're he's an executive producer too really helps out. Where it's like you can stay alive in the in the industry just by doing that because you want to be around it, or, or that's just your industry. But you don't have to be the fucking star of every movie you work on. You can also be the EP. So, <clears throat> you know, I know that you're good at dramatic acting. Um, are you funny? Uh, I am the worst question. The worst question ever. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Give me. Sh- show uh, me. Show me you be funny right now. Okay. Uh, Go. Hey everybody. Uh, John Ryan. Uh, more like. Uh, let's get some no backdrops for this guy. Nailed it. <laughs> well, I also like your name a lot too. You know. Thank you. Like I don't know uh, what am I doing here? What am What am I doing? Am I? Yeah. I mean, I like your name. It's because. Because well, okay. The way that I knew about your name was the was on Instagram. We Sam, right? Yeah, we. Sam. I just yeah, but I just figured that it was, you know, people have like names like Chelsea does it or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like we Sam, you know, something. I didn't even know that Kish was your last. Well, how do you say your last name? Kish. Kish. Yeah, I didn't even know that it was your last name. I just saw like I knew your name was. I thought it was Sam. And then yeah. I was like, "We okay." So he made himself a cute little name. <laughs> Wee Sam. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. nice. Um, no, but then, but then I, I hear when I hear you say it, I know that it comes from uh, your heritage, We Sam. You know, yeah, We Sam. Which is fucking. It's I love I love names that are. I don't know how this is gonna sound, but I love names that are from other other nationalities. That flicks so well off an American tongue, you know? Oh. 
I'm glad it does. I get my name gets butchered in the casting rooms all the time. Wissam. Wassam? Sam? We Sam. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's okay. Uh, just walk in. Wassam. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you had any uh I hate to ask, but give me some give me some audition stories, man. Cuz those oh. are I've been, I so for a little bit just to give you background, I did a couple just because I wanted to know what I you know, as a director I wanted to understand more, you know? Okay. About who I was working with, actors, right? Yeah. I did this early on, I wanted to just know. I did the same thing with stand-up comedy. I was working with stand-ups at the time a lot yeah. and so I did stand-up for like 3 months. I wanted to so so being in a few auditions it's fucking pain. It's, I don't know how you do that shit, man. That's inc. That's insane. So, do you have any? Do you have any like, uh, any stories that make you feel some kind of way? Yeah. You know, in the beginning, it's always nervous because you're like, you want the job, right? Yeah. Well, is it, be, is it that you want the job, or you're embarrassed that to like, to like put yourself out there? Uh, maybe for some people, I'm not embarrassed to like perform because that's mm-hmm. what I do. Like I yeah, know yeah, okay. how to do it, and um, something's biting me. It feels like uh, no. What if, uh, what if you turn around? There was just a guy behind you biting, you. <laughs> and he's murdering me on your he's, show. Yeah. Oh my uh-huh. gosh, your listens would go up so high. Damn, I need someone to get murdered on my show. I think that's what I need. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it afterwards. Um, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you're nervous. You see other actors, you kind of get intimidated. You're like, Oh, I recognize that guy in that one thing. And he's going mm-hmm. up for my role. And you start getting in your head. And after a while, you know, you do it enough where you don't, you stop getting nervous. And then you stop getting nervous for producer sessions. There might be a little bit of nerves or whatever, but if I'm a firm believer, like if you do the work, you're not going to be, you, you're confident in yourself. If you, if you practice enough. So I'm kind of, I might come off as an asshole now in a waiting room to the other actors. Cause I don't want to say hi. I don't want to look at anybody. I don't want to make small talk. I mean, if you bump into me, be like, Oh, excuse me. Sorry. You know, like that kind of stuff. Like, but I, somebody tried to make small talk with me probably, I don't know when this was probably last year. And it was for a series regular role. And so I'm not the make friends. I'm there to focus because it's a good Wait, role. It's serious regular role. That means that you're just like you take it very serious. No one fuck like. Can you explain why that makes a difference? Oh, a series regular. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's the lead. It's one of the lead characters in a uh, TV show. You know, yeah. you're probably like number five or number four on the call sheet or number six, mm-hmm. depending on how many actors there are. Okay. Or so stakes three, are high. Maybe. Stakes are high. So let's not make fucking friends in the waiting room. Yeah, and I don't want to. Like, I'm, yeah. even if it's for a guest spot or recurring, like, I'm not there to, like, be buddy, but I'm not like, ha, ah, this is great, right? No, this is, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. an opportunity for me to really focus in and show these people what I can do with this role. Um, so this one actor, I'm, like, in my sides, and he's like, oh, is this the audition? Uh, and immediately I'm like, you're an idiot. Yeah, of course this is the mm-hmm. audition. The side, like, just look. And yeah. He keeps asking me question after question after question, and I and I hate it because eventually I just go, yeah, man. Well, I'm just going to concentrate on this, and I could tell like he felt so disheartened by that, and I felt a little part of me felt bad about it, and I'm like, ah, shit. 
But then on other parts, like, no, man, he's got to know, like, this is not a place to, like, make friends and stuff like yeah. that. So mm-hmm. that's the one part, like, I wish actors really took it a little bit more seriously sometimes. The uh, the waiting room for auditions. Yeah, and, like, proper etiquette. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say her name, but she's a friend of mine, and she'll always post photos of people uh, rehearsing their lines and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, I don't agree with it, but is she making she fun does of it? No, uh, nah, I oh, don't know. No. I don't know if oh, it's no. like <laughs> I don't know if it's like making fun of them, but it's I mean, but I also don't know that it's not not making fun of them, you know? Hey, hey, you know what? She can do her. It's fine. I'm not trying to tell people like I I just don't want to. This is just for me. I'm not trying to put my belief on anybody. What I think proper waiting room etiquette is right i right. just i'm i i have to be focused man i'm not the type of actor unfortunately who can just go in and flip it on a switch i have to be in the right mindset and i and mm-hmm. you know that takes a little bit of focus for me and so um is there a funny story i have in audition waiting room i think there is oh not a funny i just there was an asshole in there and this is real too he comes out of the waiting room and goes, uh, you guys can go home. I already booked the role. And I'm like, <laughs> dude. Fucking cock. Dude, get in a car crash. Bye. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I can't stand that type of ad. Like, who are you? Like, what are you, uh-huh. you trying to get in my head? Man. Yeah. And what, so you, what, did he get the, what if he got the role, dude? No, I checked. <laughs> I know that story. He didn't get the role. He didn't get the role. Good. Yeah. Yeah, Good. Yeah. Did he get in a car crash? Unfortunately, he did. Went to the funeral. <laughs> Legally, Told I can't him. say there was some <laughs> pending case against me. No. Um, yeah, not nothing. Not, unfortunately, I don't have any crazy audition stories, especially recently, since the last time I've been in an office was February, I think, for the mm-hmm. last pilot I booked. That was a cool testing session, though. It was really nice. Casting directors yeah. were great. Producers were great too. Yeah. When you were starting, were you doing extra work? No, I did one extra job and I left on set because it turned into some weird sexual done fighting thing. And I was like, oh, I'm done. I'm, I'm leaving. Oh, uh, well, that's 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 actually really rare that somebody didn't start by doing extra work. How did you get around that? Is it because you tra- did you go? Did you were you in uh, where were you? London? Uh, so I did study in London for a yeah. summer program there and it was great. Um that that one really showed me like the different theaters like i just learned about theater in london and when i saw that and it was my last summer in college right before my senior year and i was like oh oh this is acting yeah because <laughs> like, yeah. i had gone to broadway and broadway was great and that's cool and i started taking acting seriously my my first year of college and i realized oh this is what i want to do for my for the rest of my life um but seeing actors in London doing these plays, I was leaving each show going, oh, my God, I had goosebumps. There's this one play mm-hmm. called Rosmer's Home, man. Oh, I will never, never forget it. Uh, spoiler alert, the ending. I'll just say it because probably say nobody's going to uh, read this play. The maid screams because she sees the two main characters commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And when she screamed, I remember chills just filled my body and my eyes started welling up. And I was like, I, I was, 
I, I, I felt what she was feeling and it was like, Oh my God, how do I, how do I do what she did? And I remember talking to her afterwards and her uh, part wasn't that big either. And I remember like, you were awesome. And she was like, Oh, thank you. Like I'm the maid. What are you talking about? Dude. But she was so fucking on it, man. And I love seeing master craftsmen at their work mm-hmm. do stuff like that. It just inspires me and it makes me go, fuck, I need to step up my game. Yeah. 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 That's that shit is. Oh man. I mean, I so this is this is a movie that did that to me last. Uh, well, no, I mean, several movies have done this to me since. But the one that I ran out of the theater and went and started writing immediately, like I was, I went to it was at uh, I was I left ArcLight, and there's that yeah. like Stella Barra place right next to it that has like pizza. I went there. I was like, "Do you have a pen? Do you have?" I just needed to write right there. Like I I couldn't I couldn't go home. I couldn't sit in traffic and then go home. And then write. I had to write right there. So yeah. I went uh, there. I was like, do you have a pen? I just, I'll buy a pen from you. I'll give you a dollar. Like, just give me a pen. I need a fucking pen. I got a pen. And then I went, I needed to find paper. So I went, there was just, I went to Umami Burger. They have giant menus. So I just started writing on the back of it. The movie I saw was, uh, was her, the Spike Jones movie. Oh. And, dude, something with that movie. I think it was the same year too. It was, it was that movie did that to me and so did uh before midnight um the link later movie with ethan hawk and julie delpy it's wow it's uh something hit me really hard with those movies that just you know because i had been out of film school for maybe like five years and i you know i've been doing a lot of shit but coming out of those movies was, movies was was me going holy shit i want to live in whatever i just saw forever like that is what I want my, that is what I want to feel like. That is what I want to make people feel. I need to do this, and it's been that way ever since. You know, I've been I've been writing a lot of stuff. I've been, you know, uh, I've made a few shorts here and there. I've I've, you know, you know, somewhere along the way too. You you, I've I've taken a lot of jobs. You know, job jobs. I'm in a job job right now. You know, not with this podcast, but with my my uh, you know job job day job. Right. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's something that this feeling that I got from it is what you're talking about when you heard the maid scream, when you said, "Holy shit!" That it's like that's some powerful shit. When when you get hit with that feeling, it'll it'll propel you for the next couple of years, or at least at least, you know. It it was uh, one of those uh, keystone moments for sure, for sure. You know, have you seen mm-hmm. Red Belt? No, it's uh, written by David Mamet and directed by M. Chewy. Uh, that uh, the black actor, his name is Chewy. I like you... David Mamet. Yeah, it's my favorite movie of all time, Red Belt. Let me just—I uh, forget his last name all the time. The main actor in it. Oh, here we go. Chewatel Ejiofor. So with Red Belt, it's about a Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor trying to stay true to his values despite everything going wrong for him everything and the stuff that this character has to go through is heartbreaking soul wrenching and at a certain point in the movie i'm like where the fuck is this character going to go and something happens this turning point and it brings 
so much inspiration into my heart and fire and I'm trying not to give away the ending. Yeah, please Basically, don't because I need, I need to watch this. Yeah. In the very beginning of the movie, they're showing you a chokehold and he's like teaching a class about a chokehold and he's trying to get these students to like, hey, okay, like the guy who's being choked, he's like, hey, breathe, breathe. There's no situation you can't get out of. That's the main theme of the movie. There is no situation you can't get out of. I, and yeah. John, John, it, I when the ending happened, I am in tears because I'm feeling like the weight of the world as, as just a regular human being, you know, when like shit happens to you in life, when, mm. when life is just so fucking horrible to you, you lose family members for shitty circumstances or, or things are unfair, you know? And you're like, fuck, what do I, how do I get out of this? My life is shit. And this movie teaches you or shows you the path on how to like flip that and go king berserker mode. And change your life around. Fuck, yeah. man. I'm so pumped up. I'm also caffeinated, but that's fine. Like, anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's – here's the thing. is like I – why I love what you just said is because that's really good filmmaking. First off, it gives you a primitive uh, pursuit when you watch someone getting choked out, especially if it's mm. filmed well. Well, if it's directed by David Mamet, it's probably filmed well. But, you yeah. know, looks really great. And then also everyone knows what it's like to need to breathe and not be able to. Everyone's been underwater, you know. Everyone's coughed a little bit too much and not been able to catch your breath. Everyone's sprinted somewhere and not been able to. You know what it feels like to not breathe. We know we need that. And also the other part is when a movie can integrate perfectly a character or two in the first Ten, five, five minutes, two minutes of a of a movie, and that says what the movie is about to be, and then you get it later. I mean, that's the fucking structure that people try to get and they don't. That's the structure that films really should should do. I mean, in their own way, every film has to do in their way. It's it's very cool to hear because I already kind of I. I almost feel like there's a certain language with like scripts that if you know them, you kind of know what happens. Like I can probably, I feel like I can assume a lot about what's going to happen in this yeah. story. And, and uh, I try to explain this to, you know, my dad, you know, cause my dad doesn't really, I'm trying to explain him why film is rad. And I was both, you know, he loves like, you know, he'll like, like the, t the transformer movies or like, mm. you know, these uh, like Kate and Leopold type of movies. But, um, but, uh, I tried to explain it to him with that movie. Maybe it's a bad example for him, but uh, the movie Mother, you know, the uh, Aronofsky movie with, um, yeah. And I tried to explain how it was just this sort of personification. Well, I guess not personification, but metaphor for just, you know, how the world came about and how yeah. Mother Nature is, is rebelling against that. And uh, it's almost like a play, really. And uh, I tried to explain this all to him, and it just kind of I, – I just saw it go over. And I was like, no, please, come on. Please catch this. Please, I want I want to be able to talk about this with you. Like, please, can you uh, – like, I just wish there, there's a certain uh, language or feeling that people like you and I give a fuck about. And it's really cool to hear that how on fire you are for even explaining that beginning scene. You know, it's it's important. 
it's important for people like us to even be around people like us, you know? Um, but, uh, um, dude, I, life is short too. Like I'm realizing that it's, it's precious. It's not just short. It's precious. And we don't know Mm -hmm. when it's going to end. So I'm going to be passionate. And yeah, we just talked about me not being on the pendulum on the other swing of things. That's not me being like, um, out of control with my emotions. There's Mm -hmm. like a certain, actually I'm more in control of that passion and that fire and it helps me with acting. And when I see stuff like that, I'm like, why, why can't we, why can't we get really energetic? Why can't, yeah, I have a, a, an audition for something that has four lines when I first started out. I'm going to put my life into it because mm-hmm. why not? If I don't, if I don't do get passionate about four lines, how the hell am I going to get passionate about the lead role? Yeah. yeah. But anyway, man, uh, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up since we're about cool. out of time right now, but oh, I okay. appreciate it so much. And, and, uh, and uh, we'll do we'll do some more talking on your show. Yeah, Saturday, man. Yeah, Saturday. Absolutely. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. this. Was this was I didn't know what to expect, and it just surpassed everything. I really had a blast talking with you, and I'm glad we're kind of on the same mindset and everything like that. So that's great, man. But I got I got a, I got some questions for you too for Saturday too. So, so we Sick. can continue this. I'm pumped, dude. All right, uh, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for talking. All right, later, dude. Bye. Later. Thank you for enjoying that episode of Face to Face Time with the Sam, with fuck with We Sam Kish, uh, dude. So it sucks because I I didn't know I wish I knew who he was when he hit me up because I didn't know how cool he was. Also, I kind of wish that I it says I was gonna say the dumbest thing right now. I I was gonna say I wish we I had this conversation before this conversation because uh, I I I did. I did expect him to talk more about like, you know, celebrity and Hollywood and whatever. And he's so not that he's a, he, I, I didn't realize I was going to talk to a real ass artist. And, but that's what this is, man. This, I love getting to know people. And, and I, I, I didn't think that uh, I would meet like a deep ass artist. This is, it was very, very cool to talk to him. Um, make sure to like, and subscribe on uh, YouTube face to FaceTime. If you're watching it, hit subscribe if you haven't. Um, also, um, uh, the podcast apps, you know, go on those. And uh, well, the one, the one you go on is the Apple Podcast, right? Uh, uh, TikTok. I'm on TikTok now. It's uh, uh, face and then the number two and then FaceTime. Uh, also, the Instagram. Pick one of these things and do them. Uh, I'd be super stoked if you did one of those. Um, my name is John Ryan. Thanks for watching. Back next week with another episode. Wow, I slurred that, didn't I? Let me do it again. My name is John Ryan. Thanks for watching. Back next week with another episode. <laughs> Whatever, I'll take it. Bye.